At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Increase the Reality with Shane Jones. What is up, inquirers, and welcome to the always open-minded inquiries of our reality. I'm your curator of the fringe, Shane, as always. And today, I have a really fun one for you guys. We started with aliens, and it quickly escalated into a deep conversation of theories and ideas. These types of episodes are always my favorites, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. But before we get into this awesome episode today, got to, of course, cover the front of house stuff. So if you guys haven't already left a review or rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify, I'd really appreciate it if you did. It's a good way to uh, help the show to keep growing and get seen by new people. And of course, if you guys leave a five-star review on iTunes, I will read it on the show and give you guys a big shout out, give appreciation where appreciations do, as I always say. And uh, if you guys aren't already following the show on social media, if you want to get updates on anything new going on with the show, uh, future events, new episodes, or anything else that I deem is post-worthy, uh, definitely go and check it out on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is the one that I'm the most active on, of course. So if you guys want to get a hold of me, that's probably the best way to do so because everything on the Facebook pretty much just gets pushed off of the Instagram. And if you guys want to pop into some chat rooms and have some awesome conversations with some like-minded individuals, you guys can always go and check out the Telegram or the Discord. Uh, The Telegram, not as active as the Discord, but the Discord's our pride and joy, the one that we're trying to build up. So any of you guys popping in, interacting, always appreciated. Don't feel like uh, you can't interact because we'd love for everybody to pop in there and uh, meet each other and start up conversations. It's uh, a lot of fun, and the only way it's going to keep growing is with your guys' help, of course. And uh, if you guys want to share the show, but uh, you... uh, don't know if somebody's going to listen to a full episode if you send it to them. You guys can always go and check out the YouTube or the TikTok. Over there, I post uh, snippets of the show with uh, points of interest, and I usually post a thought-provoking question with it. So they're usually about eh, one to three minutes or so. So easy, quick ways to share. And I usually post the same thing on YouTube and TikTok. So at least go follow on one of the two if you want to have a quick way to share the show and uh, interact a little bit more. And if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, if you're an author, researcher, experiencer, contactee, whistleblower, uh, any open-minded individual, I'd love to sit down and have a conversation with you. Even if you uh, have some type of cryptid, UFO, alien encounter, and uh, you think it might only be a couple minutes long, uh, I want to maybe at some point try to combine an episode where maybe I have a bunch of your guys' short stories all combined into one bigger episode. So don't hesitate to shoot me a message and uh, let me know. I'd love to coordinate something and figure it out because I'd love to be able to have all of your guys' voices on the show, of course. 
And uh, the best ways to get a hold of me is through Instagram. That's the one I said I'm the most active on. Uh, you guys can also email me at inquiries of all reality podcast at outlook.com, or you guys can fill out the submission form at the top of the link tree, and that will go directly to my email, of course. And I do respond to every single message I get. So make sure you guys check your spam and junk folders, make sure nothing gets missed, because more often than not, a lot of my messages go that way, because I do send out a lot of links due to the show, of course. And uh, if you guys can't get enough of my content, don't forget to go and check out Bizarre Encounters. Uh, that's my other show that I do with my two awesome co-hosts, Orin and Jenny. Couldn't ask for a better co-host. We have a lot of fun over there. We do some deep dives. We do some interviews, all pertaining to Bizarre Encounters and weird topics. And uh, we get off the rails a little bit. We make some jokes. It's a lot of fun. So this show is a little bit more serious most of the time. If you want to have a laugh while also tr- trying to learn some new stuff, Bizarre Encounters definitely the way to go. And if you want to keep tabs on everything that I do, don't forget to go and check out Open Minds Media. Uh, that is set up on Instagram and Facebook, of course. And uh, if you guys want to support the show, there's a couple different ways to do so. You guys can always go and join the ranks of the awesome Patreon members. Over there, you'll get early access to the show, ad-free episodes of the show, uh, lives of the show, live replays of the show, which is the raw video format of the show, uh, exclusive merch store discounts. And I'm always trying to expand and build up over there. So if you guys have any suggestions that you'd like to see, I'd be more than happy to coordinate it. And as far as that goes too, that's the Open Minds Media Patreon. So you don't just get inquiries of our reality. You also get Bizarre Encounters and anything that I'm going to be putting out in the future. And if you guys want to donate to the show directly, you guys can always do so through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. And if you guys donate anything, uh, it doesn't give you an option for some type of personalized message. Don't forget to shoot me a message. Let me know that you guys donated because I'd love to give you guys a shout out. And you guys can also support the show by going and buying some awesome merch from the Open Minds Media Merch Store. There you'll find stuff for inquiries and bizarre encounters, just like the Patreon. And I should be adding some new designs over there that won't just be podcast related. I do have the Squonk design from the Squonkapalooza that says the world's status cryptid. It's pretty cool. It's an original design made by Chris from Conspire Theory. It's an awesome design and uh, he did a really good job working on it for me. And uh, there should be a lot more of that going on over at the merch store. I'm going to keep building up all the cryptid stuff. And uh, there's also the two new designs that I did for Inquiries of Our Reality, which is the anime Squatch design. And there's also the Stay Bizarre, Bizarre Encounters design. Uh, building that up. So hopefully you guys will find something you like over there. And if you guys pick anything up from the merch store, if you guys don't mind sending me a picture of you guys wearing it, I'd love to repost it on the pages, show that there's love and support out there in the world for the show. And uh, while we're talking about love and support, don't forget to go check out Joe over there at Crypto Theology. Always killing it with all of the awesome cryptid-related designs. And he just killed it recently at Squonkapalooza. That guy's going to keep expanding. He's going to keep making awesome designs. So at least go pick yourself up one of those designs. Because if you listen to this show, I guarantee you'll like at least one of those designs over there. And uh, just a little added bonus, because I forgot to say it in the beginning of the episode. I recently bought a new camera. So expect that coming from this way, there will be some new video content being uploaded. Uh, trying to coordinate exactly what I want to do, but I have a couple different documentary ideas that I want to work on. And uh, I know for the listeners that have been around for a while, you guys remember me mentioning Inquiries, Thoughts, and Theories, the other show that I want to start working on. Uh, now that I have the camera, I'm actually thinking that everything kind of came full circle. And I think I'm going to start doing that as a video format show. So that should be something to also look out for soon enough in the future. Finally, it's coming. I just got to work on a theme song coordinate a couple more things. And that should be a little extended extra piece of the show. It'll probably be somewhat short format, you know, less than 10 minutes, maybe 15 tops, but should be really, really cool as soon as I get all that up and rolling. And uh, everything that I mentioned, of course, is all available under the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show.
please welcome to the show, Frank and Mystery Mike from Hush Hush Society. How's it going today, guys? Hey, Shane. How are we doing, man? Absolute pleasure to have at least Mystery Mike back on. Unfortunately, Declassified Dave wasn't able to make it today, but at least I got to meet Frank this time because last time we didn't get to talk. So, pleasure having you guys on. Great to be here, man. Nice to meet you. So, uh... You've met the triad. Yeah, not not all at once, though. That's how it always seems to go, though, with most podcasters and shows. It's like, you know, when you're doing your own show, everybody's there, but whenever people guest, it's always in, in groups. Because, I mean, even, like, with uh, Bizarre Encounters, my other show that I do, it's like, you get two of us, or you get one of us. Like, yeah. it's hard to get the rotation where all three are there all the time. <laughs> for it's sure. very rare on the... guest spots for all three yeah. of us to be on. Dude, and like I said, it's not just you guys. It's like any show, dude. I don't think I've ever gotten the full crew of any show on like that's more than three people. <laughs> Next time. Next time. We'll Cross sure. my fingers. So you got the red might, the red cat light going for uh, for Frank. You got the blue light going for uh, Mystery Mike. So you got to have like a green light or something like that going for Declassified uh, Mike next time. Or for Declassified Dave next time. <laughs> you guys got to have all different colors to separate yourselves. <laughs> That's, That's typically how, we're, we're how it goes. Differentiating. <laughs> so uh, it's been a little while since uh, you guys have been on. Well, Mike, at least. So for anybody that might not be familiar with your guys' show, what you guys get into, uh, why don't you let them know a little bit about, I guess, your guys' selves and your guys' show. For sure. sure. Uh, well, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm Slick Frank Sanders. I am one third of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. We are a podcast that drops episodes every other Monday or our our actual debriefings every other Monday where we cover a subject regarding the conspiratorial world, whether that is straight up conspiracy, uh, aliens, cults. We get into cryptids. We get into pseudoscience. We get into all sorts of wonky stuff. And that's every other Monday. And uh, periodically we have guests on uh, that are specialists in some sort of field or subject. And those are declassified discussions. We just drop them like in between our regular debriefings or just like sporadically throughout the season. So uh, what got you guys going? Like, how'd you guys all end up meeting each other and deciding that you guys wanted to dive into all these weird topics? That's a, that's a popular question. Um, Dave and I have known each other for a long, long time, probably about 20 years. Um, and we, I was doing a podcast prior to this about movies and lost my co-host. Dave came on a couple times and we just decided, let's do something new. And it just made sense to dive into aliens and conspiracy and all the weird fringe stuff that we enjoy. Um, the stuff that we always kind of talked about on the side and regular conversation. And then it was, do we do it just you and I, or do we find somebody else? And Frank came to mind and from there it was born. We just moved forward. And I think it took us about a month and a half, maybe after we initially like kind of got the idea on paper to start recording and it's been three years now we just passed three year mark like five days ago well that's awesome i say it's kind of funny i've noticed that every show that starts off you have one co-host and then ends up switching quickly after like i feel like it's very rare that you end up keeping like the original 
co-host for a show. It always rotates. But I mean, half the battle with that, though, is that once you get going in the community, you end up meeting people and then people kind of fit the spot better sometimes. I mean, you, you guys luck out where you, you guys were childhood friends and, you know, you guys have that connection where I assume you probably guys probably live somewhat close to each other, at least off of that. But, you know, at least community wise, I feel like, you know, my co-hosts are on like, you know, they're, they're a good, like eight hours away from me and I would have never met them if I didn't start the show in the first place. So that was kind of where that rotation fell out. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Uh, so Frank and I are both in Connecticut. Dave actually moved to California 10 years ago. So Ooh. we started this show uh, while he was cross country. Um, so we're, we're, you know, it's Frank and I in, in Connecticut and him 3000 miles away. <laughs> Literally the opposite side of the country. Like you guys can be any further in the country from each other. <laughs> yeah. 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 Man. Barring one of us moving to Maine or something. <laughs> <laughs> Say cross your fingers. Nobody else moves. Maybe if you're lucky, uh, classified Dave will end up heading back to uh, Connecticut or maybe you guys are going to going to Cali, but the way Cali's going, man, I don't think I want to be anywhere near Cali. <laughs> no, sir. No. I'm kind of surprised that everybody that's like conspiratorial minded and ends up living in California. That's like the one state that's just like, uh, like, I mean, maybe it's because it brings a whole other battle to it because you're physically like in that psychotic state. <laughs> like Maybe because it becomes more personal at that point. So maybe like, you're either going to fall into it or you're going to become extremely conspiratorial on the other side. That's, I feel like how California just happens to work. <laughs> yeah. I think California gets the label of being a very open-minded place where a lot of eclectic groups come together, like-minded or otherwise. Um, and then when you move there or you go and visit, you realize that it's very not that. <laughs> It's in pockets, I assume, just like most places. It's like one city defines the whole state, even though there's all the rural areas in the state or everybody else isn't yeah. so into that whole agenda and movement. <laughs> yep. Los Angeles is all of California. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it pretty much seems at this point. And I mean, like, at least for California's sake, like, it's just... I don't know, man. It's not even just like the, the new woke open-minded kind of concept. It's just like, they're the first to push a lot of stuff. Like they, what was it like a month or so ago? They were the first state to like legalize lab created meats. Like that, that's already sketching me out. Like there's no way in hell I want to go anywhere near that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel it, it seems like a testing zone for the rest of the country. Almost. <laughs> you're either going to eat bugs. Or you're going to eat lab created meat. It's going to be one of the two. <laughs> if you're living in California. Yeah, they're also that state that kind of like lets all of the crime just go. Yeah, you want to go steal like $10,000 from a store, go right ahead. We're not going to chase you down. It's so weird. And there's a laundry list of other crimes that apparently just aren't crimes in California anymore. Dude, I remember seeing, I think it was in California, that somebody was like preaching on the street and they were getting arrested for that because of like noise ordinance or something like that. They're trying to like play it off. Like it was something else other than it was somebody like trying to preach on the street. And then there was some other guy that was like trolling people that had the camera and he was pretty much like, can I have my dick out in public? And then the cop was like, well, as long as you're uh, not erect and you're not playing with it, you're legally allowed to. And he's just like, what the fuck is happening in this state? You can't preach on the street, wow. but you can have your dick out in public apparently. Perfect. As long as it's flaccid. As long as it's flaccid and you're not playing with it. That's the rules. <laughs> Jeez. Lucy goosey over there. A little bit too loosey goosey. Not in the good way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pr I think I'm all good on walking on the street and seeing a flaccid dick. I mean anywhere though. I'm 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 honestly good on seeing a flaccid dick. 
So uh, I guess before this gets too off the rails, talking about California and stuff, uh, you guys cover a lot of the same stuff that I like to cover. So I feel like we should do kind of a thing where we kind of touch all bases on a little bit of each. And uh, considering all of the new, uh, I guess, UFO stuff and alien stuff that's going on, it might be a great place to start there. And then we can dive into uh, some conspiracies. We can dive into some cryptid stuff. Uh, the conspiracy stuff, looking forward to that because I don't get to talk about it too, too much. But I feel like it'll be a fun flow going in. But as far as uh, aliens, UFO stuff goes, um, I guess before we get too heavy into what's going on currently, because maybe I can fill you guys in a little bit if you guys haven't been keeping up, because I know you guys said you're in between seasons. Uh, where are you guys at currently with all of the UFO news? Go ahead, Fra. All right. Well, I'm caught up with the UAP hearings Congress-wise. I'm all up to date on all of that. Uh, when it comes to Peru and the recent sightings in California of UAPs, I'm a little bit caught up. Um, I, I've got like the general basis of what's going on. I've got some questions that I haven't necessarily looked into for answers yet, per se. Um, but I, you know, I, I've seen that farmer's picture. I've seen the the video, the alleged video of the shootout, the pictures of the crafts. Uh, all of that yeah you guys saw the actual like face removed from that one body that was seen on the side of the river too right mm. yeah yeah so uh i guess to catch the listeners up for anybody that might not be familiar with all the peru stuff going on uh essentially there is a village that's a pretty secluded village and they're claiming that they're getting attacked by extraterrestrials and i don't know if this is currently still an ongoing thing it may be but i haven't gotten any new new stuff coming from it but the first start of it initially was that there was this little girl who ended up getting attacked by something in the jungle the woods around the village and she ended up getting a giant slit and cut on her neck um because obviously they're very aggressive extraterrestrials from the de descriptions of them and it's escalated to the point where i guess all the villagers are pretty much like staying outside at night with all their firearms and everything and they're trying to keep these things away and uh, the descriptions of them, they say, is they're wearing these like green metallic -y suits and they're kind of describing them as like almost like green goblin. And they say that they float with these like red light things that are on the bottom of their feet, which I know the, the government over there is trying to say that it's like people that are trying to push them out and they're miners. But I don't think miners that are in the middle of the jungle are going to have hover boots when, you know, the average person everywhere else doesn't have fucking hover boots. Like those just just being honest there. But uh, yeah. ongoing from that. They also found a body next to the river, and a lot of people are trying to say it's a piranha that did it, but the face is essentially surgically removed, and I'm sure you guys can dig around on the internet and find it if you haven't seen it already, but it's not. it doesn't look like piranhas did it. It's not all torn up and like malicious looking. It's like perfectly surgical, and it goes from the bottom of the chin to up and around the crown of the head, and you can completely see the skull all the way through. So that's kind of where they're getting the name, uh, the face peelers from. And obviously they're very aggressive and they've been trying to fight them off. So they ended up getting the uh, Navy for Peru involved and the Peruvian Navy pretty much was saying the whole thing that, Oh, they're miners, this, that trying to play it off, you know, like any other government would do. But I mean, it's getting covered like crazy over in Peru. It's a big thing. And uh, you know, Tim Alberino, um, I was listening to blurry creatures and he dropped a couple other things talking about it too. And he was kind of trying to connect the fact that he thinks that those, these, what they're seeing are grays and it might also connect with the Las Vegas incident, which I'm definitely curious about all of that. 
But uh, just to throw in another depiction that uh, some of the villagers are saying, not only were they wearing these suits, but they said that they sometimes see these ones that are wearing these like black hoods, like almost kind of reminds me of something kind of weird and like a culty. But um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the update as far as like where I know so far it's fascinating. And I think it's going to be one of those new, like, I don't want to say cryptid, but you know, one of those things that people know by name, like, you know, the Hopskinville goblins, this is going to be the Peruvian face peelers. Like it's going to be a very interesting thing. And I really hope that more information comes out on it. Maybe because the Navy is involved now, maybe they're trying to keep it a little bit more repressed, but I mean, the explanations just like most alien and UFO stuff makes no fucking sense because again, they, they, these things have hover boots. There's the shootouts where they're shooting them up in the trees and everything. And yeah, they're just, they're just miners trying to push them off their land and they somehow found the technology to create red floating hover boots. That, that makes complete sense to me. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the most questionable part of the entire story is that there's miners that have jetpacks that are flying around trying to get rid of these people. It's just insane. And I think if you're thinking along the lines of somebody trying to mine gold or push somebody off a of land, there's a lot easier ways than to go and buy a bunch of hover backpacks or jet backpacks and give them to miners to go out there and scare people. You know, it's, much easier to buy a weapon at that point and just go through and start shooting in the air or start shooting people down. Um, you know, uh, I think the threats of violence would work better than just some sort of uh, convoluted light in the sky. Um, I mean, if they got hover packs and hover boots, I mean, if they gave those to the villagers, they might just give up their land because whatever store they're getting those from, they need to share with the rest of the world, man. I need one. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, you know, put those on the market. You'll make a lot more money than anything in the mine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just to connect something too, you're talking about gold with the mine. Um, obviously there's all the weirdness with gold and with all the ancient alien ideas where they are coming to collect gold. And we didn't know until, I mean, not recent recently, but obviously more recent than like ancient history talking about this kind of stuff that obviously gold reflects back radiation so, I mean, even if it is extraterrestrial and it is something that's going after the mine, I mean, it still could theoretically make sense because it kind of fits the the normal story pertaining to ancient history with aliens seeming to come here to collect gold for whatever reason. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. whole Zacharias Sitchin story. So that's actually sort of in the ballpark of one of those questions that I had mentioned that I haven't quite looked into yet. So this village that's getting attacked, do you know where it sits in relation to say like the Inca pyramids or Machu Picchu, which are like both within Peru or is this village like somewhere in the proximity of, of any of these ancient sites? Um, I'll have to look it up. I, I'm assuming it's probably, it might be near one of them. I mean, that would completely make sense. I knew the name of the city. Um, I'm about to see if I can find it and see if I can locate this place. Because it's, uh, you know, one of those fun Peruvian words that you can't really remember because I, I don't speak the language, unfortunately. <laughs> no, it's not your fault. Uh, but that's like one of the only reasons besides the gold that I could think of why it would still be so localized like if there was an extraterrestrial race taking war upon humanity like why keep it so local to some random little, little village in peru if they have the the technology to float around and deflect bullets off of their green goblin armor why aren't they in new york city why aren't they in beijing why aren't they in moscow why aren't they in these massive metropolises why are they just like in the jungle you know 
if not for those ancient sites and the gold, of course. See, it's supposed to be some city called uh, Lima, maybe Lima, Peru. Let's see where this is located at. See if I can, I might be able to screen share it with you guys so I can show you this location. Because uh, I don't know if you guys know offhand where the uh, the ancient structures are in comparison to this, but unless that was from the newscast, but well, I have uh, Alto Alto Nene. That might be it. It might Which, just been Lima was the place that was putting out the news story I was looking at. Yeah, which in relation uh, to like at least Machu Picchu is pretty freaking far. It's pretty far away. So, I mean, the possible intention of it, I mean, if this is possibly some type of buildup to government technology trying to con- push everybody together into like this one world order concept, maybe the initial intention was you attack a random ass village that's in the middle of the jungle and they're hoping that the news story wouldn't get out and they might be able to test some new stuff because that's kind of where my question falls in currently is I'm going back and forth on this thing of like, obviously like my conspiratorial mind will always want to believe in aliens and hope that there's actually going to be some aliens prevalent to us. But uh, you know, it's always in the back of my mind, the whole like project blue beam concept that, you know, this might just be testing out technology to have some type of buildup to scare the hell out of everybody so that everybody joins together and then they can pretend like there's some type of false alien attack. And I mean, a good way to kind of build that up, I guess, would just have random pockets of encounters kind of starting to drop everywhere and maybe start getting closer and closer in time. I mean, first of all, like we were kind of talking about before we started, you have uh, the Las Vegas incident that happened. And then right after that is all of the uh, disclosure uh, whistleblower thing that was going on. Everybody's I'm sure aware of if they're listening to the show, I'm, I'm sure they've been keeping up on it. And then you got the Peru thing that happened. So now my question is like, where's the next random attack going to be? Is it going to be back on us soil? Is it going to be in some other random spot? Are they just going to keep building up these little attack pockets until it seems like it's just this huge prevalent thing. Cause I mean, realistically you do like five of those and you already would have people like freaking out cause you wouldn't be able to deny it anymore. If it's just scattered little events here and there. Yeah. I mean, think in, think in terms of war propaganda. You know, if you look very recently, obviously, Russia and Ukraine, they will highlight the attacks. Okay, here's a video of a missile hitting an apartment building in Ukraine. Obviously, Russia did that. And then you start to see these little things, just like you said. You build up these little things that builds up not, not only fear, but also uh, kind of anger and this emotion that builds up inside of you. And now it's turned from, well, you know, are they, are they, are they friendly? Are they enemy, whatever they are to just like pure hatred slash fear. And that playability of the American people is, is palpable. I mean, we, we've done it forever. That is the playbook of propagandizing the U S citizens uh, is just Fear, 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 hate, hate, hate. They're not us. They're against us. And that's that's what I think is going to be played up with this whole disclosure thing. Um, it, it really, you know, you're talking about Project Blue Book. Project Blue Book, I think, was, yeah, a little bit of a, of a foresight into a, into a playbook of what the government could do. Uh, will they do something like that? Fake an alien invasion? Who knows? Or 
they won't have to even do it. Maybe they've been, you know, in the background saving us from invasions for the past 60, 70 years. Maybe they've been fighting off aliens. Maybe there's pockets of of uh, them fighting off extraterrestrials in different parts of the world. We don't know. You know, not saying that the government is altruistic or our saviors or anything like that, but we don't really know what's going on in the background. Uh, as far as there being any actual extraterrestrials, I mean, who, who, you really couldn't tell at this point. You know, I don't trust any type of video that shows up on the internet, let alone something that is you know, had some sort of mystery around it and then you're throwing some sort of weird story to cover it up and, you know, package it nice for the news. I never believe that stuff. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I say within the next five years or so, we'll definitely have a definitive answer, whether it's good or bad. I mean, whether or not it actually happened, I mean, you just can, you can control a narrative regardless and just build up the fear and assumably, too, if they're trying to do the whole, like, connect everybody through a one world order concept, you'd have to have it happen on multiple different places, soils. So, you know, we already had the theoretical U.S. one. This one's in South America. So, like, my assumption would be probably you'd want to have, even if it is false, just make it look like one happened on one of, on each continent in at least one spot. And that's the connecting factor. Like if they have it too dominant over in one specific area, then the rest of the world's like, not my fucking problem. But if you touch base on each continent, then it starts instilling fear globally instead of just in the United States. And then at that point though, I mean, that would almost kind of prove in a way that there is some type of behind the scenes thing that's trying to control everything. And it goes above the countries. And I mean, obviously we've been into this kind of stuff for a while, just being conspiratorial, but you know, the rest of the world trying to deny it. When you start seeing these similar events happening across the world, it starts to question like, who's the one pulling the strings behind it. If it's very similar events in each place. I definitely do think that strings are being pulled. And like Mike was saying, I think there's this new idea arising that sort of rivals the whole blue beam narrative of some sort of staged invasion. Um, and that is they're trying to prepare the human psyche for the inevitable extraterrestrials coming to earth, whether it's nefarious or not. Um, I don't necessarily think they're here right now. I think whatever's going on is being staged. I, I'm just not sure like for what exactly, whether it's for Blue Beam or for them trying to prepare humans for that contact, for the actual real contact that's to come. Uh, why they would do that, I'm not sure. Like, you know, I, Again, not that the government's altruistic or trying to look out for humanity, but it could bring a great collapse to civilization if aliens just pop up out of nowhere with no slow ease into it, no no lubricant of knowledge or lubricant of information to the human psyche worldwide. I mean, if extraterrestrials aren't here already, I mean, I think that they are assumably already here, but kind of looking at it from a possible different perspective, like when you go out in nature and you're trying to observe nature and you just want to see what's happening with it, you know, you're not just going to go out and be obnoxious. You're going to, you know, try to hide in a ghillie suit. You're going to kind of hang out. You're going to kind of let it 
unfold and kind of happen within its own course. So, I mean, obviously there's all of the different abduction phenomena that's been happening forever, but I mean, if these things are around, I think that they are, they are already around and they're not going to show themselves obviously because that's just going to create a target for themselves. It's almost like, again, going in the woods, you're going to want to be incognito. You're not going to want to if you're watching the bear, the one that you know is crazy and is going to try to blow something up or go crazy, you're not going to go up and try to poke it in the back real quick and run away giggling. You're going to try to hide and see what it does just out of curiosity. And I mean, not that they necessarily like fear us because assumably they're going to have way better, way more advanced technology than we do. But there's still the idea that if, you know, Earth holds some kind of value to them, be it for DNA, observation, uh, whatever people want to put it under some kind of category, you know, they're not going to want the humans to destroy the planet. And that's where you get all the old stuff with the, you know, Valiant Thor saying he's going to help until we started creating nuclear weapons. And you have all of these like weird phenomenon with things around uh, silos and everything getting shut off. And they had, they have an interest in the world in some way, shape or form. And they have an interest in us not destroying it. So, I mean, just thinking logically, like if they show their face, humans might be dumb enough to blow up the whole fucking planet trying to get rid of them. So <laughs> I think they're going to sit and wait or they're just going to keep remaining in hiding just because they don't, they know how we would react also to seeing them in the first place. I mean, take that same hunter analogy, right? Instead of one hunter and instead of being out to kill, let's say that you have 50 hunters and you guys have a massive net and you just capture that bear. Now you can make that bear do anything you want. You could kill it. You can make it work. You could do whatever you want with that bear. So who's to say that if they do show up one day, yeah, they've been observing us, but there's so many of them or they're so much more advanced that they wouldn't even need numbers. They could send here one ship with one operator and that ship could take over everything. They could send drones. They could send, you know, unmanned vehicles, whatever it may be, uh, sentinels at that point. So, I don't think it's so much that they're observing anymore. I think they've been observing, obviously, since the 40s, since way before that. If you're looking at uh, a lot of like medieval paintings or if you're looking at cave drawings or if you believe any of these uh, things with small you know, carved rocks and, and icons and stuff like that, uh, they've been here for a long time. So I think it's reached a point where maybe we're not in the observational stage anymore. Now we're on to the next stage of, okay, now we need to let them know that we're here, whether it's for good, whether it's for bad, whether it's, you know, we're going to enslave them or we're going to kill them or whatever it may be. I think it's to the point now where they need to let them let themselves be known. But I mean, at a certain point too, just another kind of flip side of the coin, different way of viewing it. You know, if you imprison something, the best way to imprison something and have it work for you is to not have it know that it's imprisoned in the first place. So, I mean, if they show themselves, people are going to freak out. They're going to have mass chaos. If they're trying to control stuff, I mean, just looking at it from like a human perspective, you know, one, we already have deep fake technology. We have the, the way to create like rubber masks. So you can't even tell the difference if it's a real person or not. You know, these things are going to have even way more advanced technology than we have in that aspect. So it's like, even, even just off the aspect of like drones, you know, we, we already are trying to create drones to go into war. So we don't even have to like put people in war anymore. So if they are coming here, I mean, they could one be using some type of deep fake to hide themselves. Cause that'd be the smart thing to do in the first place. And two, like I'm still kind of standing in the camp of like, I like to entertain all possibilities, but I almost feel like they wouldn't, 
if they are way more intelligent than us and way more advanced than us, like they're not physically coming here, even if they're using biological drones, which is an idea that Daryl Slims kind of talks about. Um, there's still, I still feel like they would use something besides their physical selves. Cause why even take the risk of possibly dying on another planet when you have the ability to create something like that? Cause I mean, people, we already, we're already doing the same thing. So you got to step it up to the, the macro and assume that something that's way more intelligent than us isn't using some type of way more advanced stuff that's already on the, on the idea train that we're rolling on. Yeah. If they even have a physical body. True. I mean, that could be where the drone part comes in. They can just go into a vessel and then if it gets destroyed, they just zip back out of it and call it a day. But I mean, like a lot of the interactions people have with like the small grays, like they don't act right. Like they act like they're like off or like they're not fully there. So I mean, like even if it's directing part of their consciousness into this thing in order to make it move, like I still don't feel like they're physically, physically here, but they have to use some type of physical vessel in order to like interact with our environment at least. Well, that is one of the the thought processes when it comes to grays. You know, if you're looking at classifications of extraterrestrials if you really believe all those classifications to be real uh there's two types of grays you know there are those drone black-eyed we're we're staring blankly at you type of grays that you're talking about um and then there's the grays that are more interactive and you know that they're like there uh and those are the ones that are that are kind of controlling the things from the outside and controlling those those drone grays if that's what you want to call them so that's an interesting take on it is that there is just no physical body that's coming here and it is a biological drone and it is a biological surveillance of some type and maybe they're just doing research at this point you know i mean but there there again, could always be multiple groups too time. yeah yeah Cause you see the, like the reptilian concept and they seem to like hide behind people and be it if they're using some type of like telepathic ability to just look like a human and they're actually still their physical selves in front or they're taking over somebody's body or they're creating some type of vessel that they can control. I mean, there's still their aspect and then there's also the J rod slash gray aspect to it. So I think that there's multiple like factions that all have different backgrounds all coming in. And I mean, a lot of people even like to suggest that like the reptilians are like hollow earth dwellers they're not actually like anything from another planet theoretically, or maybe they're from earth, but like another dimension of earth that's still existing in the same spot, but another layer of the same spot. And at certain times they just kind of come through that. Um, I mean, I don't know, dude, the extraterrestrial talk is getting to a point where it's like, you know, for years it was always, they came from space and now it's like, it makes more logical sense that they're coming. They're something that was already been here or something that's coming through some type of veil or something. I mean, even just at the simplest term, it's like you can't necessarily travel through space like that unless, you know, you're going to age unless these things don't age and they can, you know, go on a mission that takes 40 years and not have an issue with it. Or, you know, they use some type of like wormhole or black hole in order to get to another side of the universe, or they're not coming from the other side of the universe. They're coming from the same location, but you know, in a different dimension that's existing within the same spot. <laughs> scary stuff because if you really think deep into that if all if all 
except for us, all of the intelligent life forms that existed that may be interacting with us were actually interdimensional or from here. That just makes the vastness of space that much more likely to actually just be entirely void of life and just empty. I feel like that's scarier than if there was life from outer space, from other galaxies. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the Fermi paradox. Like, we're just going out there for no reason. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. All of the life is interdimensional that's visiting us. Freaky stuff. That's where you keep hearing the raise your elevation. That's why. Yeah. It's because yeah. Yeah, you can't go anywhere physically and, and in our reality. you got to el- raise your elevation to exist in another dimension, and that's where all the party is. That's where everything's existing at. <laughs> yeah, we're on base level. <laughs> Literal dead bottom base where we're just living in a blacked out dark dimension just full of nothing but one planet with life on it, and everything else is just full of precious minerals and shit and no, no actual life. <laughs> Good God. That's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I, I like Maybe to believe that space is here. Yeah. I mean, I like to believe that space is so vast that, I mean, it has to, at some point it's bound to repeat. I mean, you see like repeating patterns in nature. I mean, we may not have anything necessarily close to us, or maybe this is going to sound weird, but maybe there's, if we are theoretically like the base reality, maybe there's other species that are living as base reality, but within like, their planets or different corners of the universe, there's the same thing happening where there's layers on top of that. And that's where the more intelligent advanced beings are is layered on these distant cornered base level universes. I would like to, we could all be part of different time slips. That's another possibility. In the same space, just at different time. Dude, I've actually addressed this before where I was saying like, what if all of these different alien beings, all these different races are all just different earth dwellers from different points in time. And it's just the fact that somebody discovered how to use some type of like time device where it's like, you know, there's a certain point in time where all humans end up becoming these grays because we keep biologically changing ourselves to a point where we all, you know, don't have a gender anymore. We just become these all one color, everything's universal. There's no different races because everything just meshes and collapses at one point. And then maybe after that, maybe those die off. And then that's when, uh, you know, you hear about this whole idea about like uh, um, roaches and being able to live through like nuclear blasts and things like that. You know, what if that theoretically happens in the future after all the grays are around for a while? And that's why they keep going back in time and telling us not to fuck with this shit is because they know that they're, they destroyed their planet or they're about to destroy their planet. And then after that comes the rise of these insectoids type beings because they were the ones that were still around and they just eventually adapted and became like humanoid type beings because at least in our base reality, I feel like two legs, two hands, like our, our physical appearance is probably the best way to interact with our reality as we know it. So at some point, if anything is going to keep continuously becoming more advanced and they become more intelligent, I feel like the end result is always going to result in kind of like a humanoid type of shape as long as they're, again, in this reality interacting with, like, our dimension. Yeah. yeah. I, we, we've, <laughs> we've talked about greys and how they look and the thought process that they could be future us. I'm sure you've heard of that. Um, but, you know, like the, the future us being that, like, we have 
essentially nuked ourselves into oblivion and humankind goes into underground living and underground living you don't get used to light and your eyes naturally get bigger which is why your eyes would become pretty much all uh pupil uh creating those black light the, the the black eyes to take in more light uh the noses kind of go away uh to adapt to different contaminants that would be going into your breathing into your lungs uh filtration into your body uh the heads would grow bigger as we became smarter as kind of the brain waves started to happen melanin goes away uh because of lack of sunlight yeah, so on and so forth. And then you get smaller for the sake of like food re- preservation because, you know, the bigger the thing, the more it needs to eat food. Yeah, the smaller it is, the less food and intake it needs to have. So, assumably, like everything will eventually become smaller. And I mean, we kind of see that. There's all the different like giant lore and all the giant tree, uh, supposed giant trees that are mountains now. Like anybody that wants to dig into this whole ancient history about there being giant things that existed at one point, if that was all theoretically true, then you are seeing a scale of everything getting smaller. And even from like the prehistoric age to now, like species have all gotten smaller because I mean, the smaller something is the easier to be able to live because the less intake it needs for everything, the less space it needs to survive. Like eventually I feel like everything will adapt to become smaller. Yeah. Cause I mean, the only practical reason for being big is fighting, but you know, like after you, get advanced to a point where it's like you're using your brain to fight with technology and you're using drones and using this and you're using that. There's not really a need for brawn anymore. It's all about brain size and then the inventions you can create in order to do the things that you need to do. Not only that, but it has to do with like oxygen levels. So back when they say that these mountains used to be trees and there were giants roaming the earth, even getting into dinosaurs, if you really want to. Back in those times, there was a much more abundant amount of oxygen in the atmosphere. Like, say we were to go underground, there's going to be significantly less oxygen. And if we could live through that for, say, 10 or 20 generations, yeah, those biologics would have to adapt to that smaller amount of oxygen intake resulting in a smaller biological entity i mean even if there was some type of like cataclysmic disaster too i mean the same same scale would work i mean maybe it's a it's a it's a bounce back and forth because i feel like history is a lot the history of the earth is probably significantly older than anybody can even imagine and just like the groups of people who have existed here through time are totally different than people could ever imagine so i mean like that's that scale would still work like you'd have to it's 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 endless i mean you never know what the what what groups could have existed before us and then after each cataclysmic event you know everybody goes underground everything gets smaller everything comes back up to the surface everything starts getting bigger again and then something happens where everybody has to start going back underground or find some way to protection again i mean who many who knows how many times this scale has happened i mean there could be this ongoing thing where we go underground we get small we go back up we get big then back forth, back forth, back forth through time through nonstop. And I mean, it could even be one of those trippy things too, where it's like a continuous loop. Like maybe like the start of time is also the end of time. And we're just stuck on this like repeating loop until we are able to figure out or do whatever we're supposed to do here. And then that's where it starts getting weird, starts getting into possible simulation theory. And it always seems to come back to that for me, at least. (laughs) Every time. Aw, (laughs) frick. 
The time loops. Frog loves simulation. The time loops. You hit the nail on the head, man. You hit the nail on the head. Dude, I came into this whole theory, too, that obviously, like, there's all the ideas about, like, Anunnaki or some type of, like, alien race creating us. And then, you know, we would are are still currently creating, like, AI. So we're also creating another form of life in a, in a way. So, like, if it is a continuous chain, I've often wondered if, like, the first thing creates the last thing and the last thing creates the first thing. And it's just this continuous loop through time of, like, species creating the next species that goes on. And may, maybe it's just, maybe it's a continuous line going down. Maybe time is linear and there's just, everything creates its predecessor. And then after it creates its predecessor, the last one goes extinct. Or again, maybe it's maybe it's just some kind of weird repetitive time loop where the first thing creates the last thing and it's just this ongoing repetitive cycle. And maybe the land doesn't necessarily change and that's why there's all these layers of history within stuff is because it's like, we keep restarting the cycle, but the planet still is the planet and it doesn't restart the cycle. Maybe that's why we're still in the same evolutionary like loop. Because it's the same chemicals and the same elements that exist within the planet. So naturally, there would only be certain changes to us genetically and through DNA as we evolved and devolved, I guess you could say. And that's where it like... like we haven't gotten horns or wings or anything. Yeah, like why we, why wouldn't, we wouldn't develop certain things, why we wouldn't, you know, have maybe new organs or I mean, we could have less organs, I guess, if the body evolved to a point where it could find different uses for, or multiple uses for different organs. I mean, maybe there's something that is on the outside. Maybe it's something bigger than the concept I said. And it's just a matter of like introducing a new element or new something each time and then seeing how everything progresses from there, having a new element introduced. Like maybe it's a continuous like science experiment or again, going back to like the organic simulation thing that they're simulating different possibilities of what could happen and different possibilities of what humans and different species can adapt to with new elements and new materials getting added each time they restart the cycle. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, adding something crashes the game, you know? You download a new mod for Fallout and all of a sudden your game doesn't work and you go, okay, well, that element does not work on this reality. Let's try the next one and see what happens. Restart. That definitely could be the case. Yeah, yeah. Uninstall, reinstall. See, and then uh, it's kind of funny. I was talking about this shit like a year ago saying that uh, like in video games, we're going to get to a point where, you know, we don't want these NPC characters. We're going to want like AI or some type of something that's conscious and like interacting within the game. And now it's like a month or two ago, I started seeing that there's game companies that are starting to create that and adapt into that. So it's like, you know, are we theoretically that for something that's a next step back, you know, like if we are in some type of like computer system or again, even just like an organic simulation, that's usually what I feel like it makes more sense calling it that, um, you know, maybe, you know, we were never necessarily supposed to be conscious and maybe like we're becoming conscious because whatever's controlling the universe gets bored and they want to, you know, have the game update. They want to have new stuff happen. And then that's where you get all, all this like weird phenomenon type of stuff. Like, are you, are they just interacting like within a game and picking different skins and then just 
running through rampage and having fun and then leaving like because assumably if they create like gta to make everybody conscious you know within the game each time you run through the game and you go through like a killing rampage or you destroy the streets everything like that if you stop playing the game all the ai characters are going to be in it like bro what the fuck just happened what the hell is happening and i feel like eventually they'll get to a point where it's like they're going to be living their own lives within that game and then it's like dude we have another reality within our reality that we created (laughs) And then they're going to start having podcasts and doing research about like this random guy wearing a fucking hockey mask comes in and does flips off of fucking buildings and shit. Like, what is this weird phenomenon, man? Fucking flying cars and shit. (laughs) I mean, to an extent that's already happening. Um, I, I don't have the names of the games off the top of my head, but there are games that exist. One of them. I don't know. I don't think it's Starfield that hasn't come out yet. Like, is it uh, that No Man's Sky? I know that they created like AI yeah, planets for that. Yeah. So, yeah, that game. Um, the whole entire map is like AI generated, so you can play through that game a hundred thousand times and never go to the same place twice. Um, every time you travel to a new planet it's ai generated and odds are you've gone to a place in the game where nobody else ever has because it was just generated on the spot because you went there so there's already video games artificially generating space or or, you know location and realistically the next step would be characters people that are artificially generated and then moving forward making them conscious and cognitive and aware have feelings have lives outside of what you're doing as the main character they're still over there you know 40 minutes away walking in game living life going to work yeah the slippery slope dude if that was the first step before they even got into like the ai in the game that just brings the idea of like is our universe that where you see all these planets from a distance but do they actually render until you get there I mean, not even planets behind you. You can't see behind you. That you is true. Have. And when you, when you look at rendering and GPU usage, it's the same exact thing in video games. You, you've never been able to see behind you. You never will. You've never technically seen yourself. <laughs> that is true. You've only seen digital copies of yourself or reflections of yourself. Like That's the weirdest thing to ever think about is that you'll never actually ever see your own face with your own eyes other than the tip of your nose if you're squinting (laughs) yeah well that's 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 first person video gaming right as we're talking about video games that's first person gaming and and how many times have you played a game where you're like okay the character goes into the bathroom and you see your character for the first time in the mirror what was it cyberpunk where you could where you created your your character in the bathroom mirror like that that could be us right now you know we're, we're At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We're created AI character, and the only way that we ever see ourselves is by what the computer is interpreting as what we're seeing. I mean, the player created is what we are. 
I mean, shit, if that is our reality to begin with, I mean, maybe if we are something that's like beyond the vessel that we're currently playing, almost like that Rick and Morty concept where the, the kid, he goes into the game and he like lives a full life and he's not aware of anything on the outside. Like if we are some type of like spiritual being or, you know, some type, some other, something more than like what we are physically in this universe, you know, maybe we did create our character and our look like before we even started playing the game, you know? And then once you started playing the game, then you lost the ability to know that you were outside of the game at that point. <laughs> mm, yeah. And, that, you know, just think about that, how almost terrifying that would be to come to realize that you are not a human, that you are just some other being playing a game. And this entire life that you're living, your family members, your friends, everything you've ever known, your parents, your children are just not real. Dude, None of it is real. That's horrifying. When you wake up from playing this video game, you're just like, oh man, that was so fun. Like you, you, there's, there's no attachment. It's like, it's like how much, attach <laughs> how much attachment do you have when you're playing a video game at home? You know, let's say that you're in a video game and you're 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 creating a love interest or you're you know, people that play the Sims. You 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 create these entire worlds with entire families and then at the end of the night you shut your computer and you don't think twice about it. So how do we know that we're not that? Just shutting our computer at the end of this and just being like, eh. <laughs> Five out of ten for that game. <laughs> Dude, that's just to throw in another thing that I was thinking about when you mentioned The Sims too. If you start creating conscious characters within games, when does it become a part where you can't play the game how you would normally play a game because it becomes not morally right anymore after something becomes conscious? Because people play The Sims now, you know, they'll set the kitchen on fire, they'll kill a character for fun, you know, they'll have their characters run around naked, do whatever the fuck. But it's like, once those become conscious things and you're controlling something that's conscious... Like wh when does the moral factor come in? Even if they, I know they're talking about doing that for like GTA. Like if, if you're creating something that's self-aware and you know, you're just killing the background characters, like wh when, it, when, it, when is it going to be Oh wait, we're, we're, we're doing something fucked up here. And that's going to turn into like this black mirror idea about like people existing within the system that have full lives and that you can't like kill them and fuck with them because they are conscious beings at that point. I mean, that yeah, was that's... like the premise of uh, that Ryan Reynolds movie, Free Guy, where he is the, the video game character. It's like he becomes aware. He becomes fully aware at, one, at some point. And the, the entire premise of the movie was trying to get developers and the players of the game to realize that the characters in the game are fully aware. Is that movie Disclosure? because they know that we're working at that or we already have that. Cause they say that government technology is 30 years more advanced, dude, who knows what type of simulations they might be playing off just to see how people would react. And if you want a true simulation, you're going to want conscious characters within it. Even if you're, you know, you, you say you want to start a nuclear war and you want to know all the scenarios that could possibly happen before you even think about actually starting it. Like <laughs> that, that would be, that would be your means of doing it. You'd have to create some type of system where people are going to react like consciously. And it's not just going to be whatever you program them to, to do and react. You, you're going to want them to react however they choose to interact. Unfortunately, when it comes to programming AI with consciousness, it becomes difficult because we as a species still don't understand what consciousness is. And like you said, maybe 30 years in the future of technology, we figured it out. But 
I mean, looking at the timeline of things, it seems doubtful. I I almost feel like if it were to happen, if they were able to figure out some sort of simulation where they could program consciousness, it, it wouldn't be intentional. It would just sort of happen. You know, it would almost be like accidental or that's what I think anyway. And I mean, there'd still be the people that would be like, fuck it. I'm just playing a game. I don't give a shit. And he's like, they aren't conscious yeah, in the same yeah. way that I'm conscious. Fuck their life. And then that's yeah. when it goes a step back where it's like, you have all this like UFO phenomenon, abduction, all that shit. And it's like, are they just viewing it the same way that we would view these video game characters? Like if they theoretically did anything to help create us and they're like, oh, they became cautious, but they're still the same fucking video game characters we used to fuck with. Like, fuck them, whatever. Like we'd be doing the same thing step down. So why is it different than them? Maybe that's why they interact with us the way they do is because they don't see us on the same level as us. Because, you know, if they did theoretically create us, they're like, fuck it. If I create them, I can destroy them the same way I brought them in. I don't give a shit. Fucking weird to think about. <laughs> we got on a left turn, man. We started talking on aliens. We got into some deep uh, simulation, extraterrestrial theory, and then moral principles revolving around AI and shit. Like, <laughs> that, that's a go complete left field. <laughs> Question everything. Always, of course. And speaking of questioning everything, we, we got to dig into, I mean, we kind of were digging into some conspiracies, but... What are uh, some conspiracies that uh, you guys have been digging into lately? Because the show originally started off very conspiratorial, and it's become more, uh, I guess, open-minded conversation more than anything, and it kind of strayed away from the conspiratorial aspect. So I always try to bring it back whenever I can, because, of course, like the show is based on it. you got to have the conspiracy stuff come in. So what, what are some conspiracies that uh, you guys have been digging into or some of your personal favorite uh, conspiracies? I mean, personal favorites, we just hit two of mine, to be honest, like getting into aliens and what all that is. And sim theory is definitely within my top three. Uh, beyond that, sheesh, let's see. You want to keep going on to that same train, man. I know I brought this up on the show a few times, but I want to see your guys' interaction with this. So everybody talks about the flat earth thing. And they talk about it from like the biblical standpoint. If a map is being rendered, I've thrown the idea of like, if we are in an organic simulation, maybe the map was flat at first because that was all that was needed. And as the map started to expand, they started adding DLCs to it. Then it became round. So maybe in a weird way, everybody's right. It's just a matter of like what time you're looking at the map from. And, you know, people say that there's a lot of weirdness with the map now. Maybe it's taken on a whole other shape and we've moved past the globe idea because our map just keeps expanding and rendering even more. All right. You, you, you sparked a thought. Perfect. That's what I was going for. <laughs> yeah. So flat earth, I've always disputed flat earth. Um, just, just getting into flat earth as a subject, as a whole, I've always disputed it. But at the same time, I, I'm conflicted because I believe in other things that align with the flat earth theory. Like, for example, I don't think we ever went to the moon. Um, Truth. I don't <laughs> think that the, the map of the earth is necessarily laid out exactly as it is physically. Um, now, w when you're saying, I don't think we ever went to the moon, that lends to the fact like, 
is there a moon? Is there a moon outside of here? Uh, I just saw three articles today on like the Google News feed, whatever, scrolling through it about this like new space race they're trying to get to the the other other side of the moon or the south pole of the moon to to see if they can find water or something <laughs> it's the, this new race to the moon who can get to the moon first but it's like uh, did, didn't we do this a couple decades ago haven't we all, why are why are we racing to the moon now why what is with the haste why are we making a big deal about it we went apparently is nobody nobody found anything i uh, i don't know i don't know and then you get into the whole like mars thing that they're pushing to go to mars and then they said who is that scientist he said something along the lines of like we don't have the technology to get back to the moon but we are working on getting to mars and it's like wouldn't it be the same technology or if we did theoretically go to the moon i mean was there something there that we weren't supposed to see cuz there's all the different theories about that too, that maybe we did go to the moon and we just weren't supposed to be there. Cause it's actually some type of like watch out hub for like extraterrestrials or something like that. Or again, you know, you go back to the, to the basic idea that Stanley Kubrick filmed the moon landing and the whole idea of why we, we made it to the moon first was because we didn't want the Russians to beat us. So whether we made it or not, we we're always going to have that backup footage to play to make it look like we went. And then the other weird part with that is that NASA doesn't have that footage. The only footage that there is of that is recordings off of the news. So it's like, all right, if it was important footage and it was the one time we went to the moon, why isn't that locked up in a fucking airtight, you know, solar flare, everything fucking proof safe? That should be like one of the top things NASA should be holding on to. Like, where the hell is the footage at? Or what's actually on the footage that you don't want anybody to see? If we did one in the first place. So I got to throw that one back in there. <laughs> and recently, didn't they just... I just saw it. I, uh, I should have clicked on it at the time. But there's uh, recently something put out about how they found structures on the far side of the moon. Ooh, I haven't dug like, into that one this, yet. This, this was like an MSM, you know, mainstream media type of uh, of uh, article also. So not just uh, not just some random, you know, news of the weird type of thing. Um, yeah, they they said they just found structures, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we normally don't see it because it's on the far side of the moon." Structures. Hey man, if aliens are gonna have a base to watch us, that would be the absolute best place to do it. Because if they have advanced right. technology, they could be sitting there with a with a telescope watching the humans on Earth. Like, hee hee, look at those little dumb fucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's where Megatron was posted up at. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> That's what actually exists on the other side of the moon while they're trying to get there is the most advanced AI in the entire universe and they're all fighting to get to that first. Oh god. <laughs> Transformers was disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and then if that's disclosure, how many semis are actually Transformers? <laughs> oh, they're among god. us, man. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> The CDL drivers are all just being paid so much to stay quiet about it. It's not, It has nothing to do with the work. It's all hush money. It's actually a hologram. There's not actually yes. truck drivers. <laughs> They're cardboard cutouts. They're all AI driven. I just imagine that scene from Airplane with the autopilot where the blow-up guy blows up. Yeah. And he's like, whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any real truck drivers or are all of you controlled ops? Are you even real? Are you a blow-up thing? Are you 
a hologram. We don't know. <laughs> Seems like kind of a weird thing you should need a license for. Big truck, whatever. <laughs> Sus. <laughs> We're just going to get a bunch of hate mail from truck drivers now. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be like, we exist, man. We're real people. <laughs> I'm real. I'm real. That's going to be the fight in the future. Is everybody's, yeah. instead of doing the, this life matters, that's life matters. Everybody's just going to be like, I am real. <laughs> I'm, I'm not person. AI. <laughs> I am not AI. It'll be like uh, Blade Runner, where you gotta show up underneath your eye to make sure you ain't got a barcode. <laughs> yep. There you go. Show us your insides. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want your OnlyFans page. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you're talking about the moon, uh, you know, there is the the recording of like Michael Collins saying some weird stuff as they went around the moon. Uh, and then there was some missing uh, frames that were taken out of a video and apparently uh, became like this really widespread kind of conspiratorial thing that happened on Reddit where people were trying to find the missing frames of this film that they took as they were circling around the, uh, around the moon um, where there's a massive structure. I mean, massive, massive, massive structure uh, down on the moon. So, uh, and apparently that's what they say is in those missing frames of film. So, I mean, it's possible that something is on the moon. If the moon is, you know, they call it a satellite. Maybe it really is a satellite. Maybe it's a real satellite. What are the, what are the structures? Do, do you know offhand? Are they like the pyramid shape or, cause I mean, if they're a pyramid shape, that kind of even goes oh. even more so into the whole satellite idea that all these things are actually supposed to connect. Yeah. Even even more so, they said they were like uh, like big hangars, so like long buildings. And uh, and one of the the frames supposedly has some sort of uh, some sort of uh, large extraterrestrial kind of like floating about it, you know, around it. Uh, and they estimate that he's somewhere around like twenty feet tall or something, based on trajectory and the size of the building proposed and. Yeah, it's a whole thing. If you ever really want to go down a rabbit hole, look for the, you know, try to find the uh, the lost frames of the Apollo missions. Dude, if there's a 20-foot being on the moon, then I guess we kind of know where all the giants went. Everybody's trying to dig into giants like they were, like, human-like. The giants just all went to the fucking moon. <laughs> They're from the As moon. As did the Nazis. <laughs> the Nazis and the giants <laughs> living cohesively on the surface of the, the moon. That sounds horrifying. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Perfect like harmony. Yeah, you got you got the bronze with the brains and all the experiments, bro. You're gonna have a bunch of like Cybertronic fucking giants. Like that's horrifying. Giants with like you know <laughs> zero gravity weapons and fucking using like the Tesseract <laughs> to like melt people and shit. <laughs> Super Hans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Red Skull was never actually a Nazi. He was an alien the whole time <laughs> makes perfect sense now <laughs> <laughs> you just return into his brothers man <laughs> you know that's a that's a thing as you're talking about like kind of conspiracies that we're into uh personally i've been looking into kind of the the connections of uh, like you said kind of disclosure soft disclosure through hollywood through movies um things that Hollywood is telling us through an art form. 
uh, or what we view as an art form and the connections of a lot of uh, producers and directors, especially back in the early days of film, 30s, 40s, and 50s, that had connections to uh, satanic cults and occult rituals and uh, a lot of crazy little secret societies. And then as that uh, kind of spawns out into uh, different places throughout Hollywood and hush-hush stories that go on and throughout Hollywood, it's... uh, it's something that I'm diving, diving very deep into. So, dude, you want to talk about disclosure? I thought this thing was probably one of the best scenes in a Hollywood movie. Uh, fucking not Ted. What's the other one? Paul, where he's sitting in the back and all these movie directors are coming up to him. He's like, Oh, just fucking do this. And he like throws him the paperwork. Like that's, what's actually happening is when project Sepco happened, that extraterrestrial that stayed, he's just chilling in the back and giving advice on how to trickle feed stuff in. He's like, Oh yeah, use my likeness, whatever. I don't give a shit. He's like, this is how you should play it in. You got, you got to do this a little bit at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, Mike, it, it freaked me out. I don't know if it was earlier this year or late, late last year, but there was like this weird spree of like three or four cannibal themed movies. Like the, the weird cannibalistic, dinner party horror movie type thing and they just came out one after another month after month for like four months straight and i was like what are they trying to tell us why are they trying to normalize eating people and that's sort of died down since as far as i know i haven't been paying too much attention to the movies coming out but yeah that freaked me out i mean there's still a little bit though because the same time that was happening was the same time that it was all the stuff that's like rich people betting on poor people killing each other like hand in hand because I mean combine two birds one stone there's a movie called Cadaver that's on Netflix and it's a foreign movie but if anybody has the time to watch it it's fucking great but they have this like whole dinner party thing and they like play it off and they like entertain themselves while also in the process of eating people and I mean again maybe it's one of those things that they know that that's where the future is going to push so they're just trying to normalize the idea of cannibalism slowly but surely to make it so it's like Okay, no normal person would resort to cannibalism, but if you're constantly producing movies where the only choice is to either die or eat another human, then almost anybody who watches the movie, you put yourself in the perspective of the character, even if you don't intend to do so. So just by watching a movie that's based on those concepts, like you've thought about yourself in that position and what you would do in that position. So just off of that, they're already creating a thinking experiment with any movie that they put out because people are putting themselves in that perspective. So they're training people's brains to think from that perspective. Even if it's just a subtle movie here and there, you watch one movie, dude, you get invested in movies. If it's two hours, man, and you're putting yourself in that place, then about the end of it, man, I mean, if you fell into that same scenario, you've already thought this out. You already know what you're going to do at that point. Yeah. There is a lot of, uh, movies involving cannibalism. Uh, and I know what you're talking about, Frank, with a lot of recent, a uh, few recent uh, releases. Uh, there's been some foreign films that have really dove into getting into cannibalism. Uh, most recently, there was one that was really interesting. I think it took place in Russia or something like that, uh, where there was some sort of starvation going on. And there's this very rich family. They live up in a mansion. And they end up inviting a bunch of people up to the mansion and they say, okay, we're just going to, we're going to feed you for the night. You guys are going to have fun. We're going to entertain you. We're going to play games. And it ends up just being like this massive kill house. 
Do they have gold masks during that movie? Because if so, that yeah, might be yeah, Cadaver. Yeah. That's the movie I was talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I can remember the name. Yeah, I think it was a Netflix movie or something. Yep. It might be on Netflix. Yeah, wild movie, wild movie. But uh, yeah, I, I think, I don't know how much of it is trying to normalize it. Um, it's still kind of seen as that uh, that very forbidden thing you know uh we don't talk about that but if you look at like horror for for instance you know if you're looking at genres horror for instance the number one movie that's always named and it's like it's like always within the top three if not always number one is the green inferno uh and the green inferno is like you know it's a big cannibal movie it's essentially these people walk in and find an uncontacted tribe and the tribe ends up eating them um but there's you know there's there's a lot of movies that are like that and they try to introduce these ideas of like maybe it's okay there's some comedic skits that get into it there's uh there's a really a really good one that goes around um uh, i think the the college college comedy videos get into it where uh where these people go on a cooking show and you know, they trick the people into thinking that they ate human meat. And it's like, guess what you just ate? It's either chicken. Did you eat chicken? Did you eat pig? Or did you eat human meat? You know, and the person's like, oh, a pig, you know. Um, and they try to convince these people that they ate human meat, you know, um, just for laughs, for ha-ha-has. So, I don't know. It rides a real thin line of like, yeah, maybe it is trying to normalize these things. Maybe it is trying to bring up these things that we shouldn't talk about and these things that we shouldn't even think about and start settling them into, you know, like how many things are we presented with that shouldn't be talked about or things that you normally wouldn't make movies out of or shows out of that have slowly become normal. Might even be one of those things too that, if there are some, there's a power above the elites controlling the elites and they're using their dark taboos against them so that they can control them. You know, like all the elites are into pedophilia, for example, cannibalism, all that. And they use that as their blackmail to get them to do what they want them to do. The elites that are like above those elites. But if the lower elites normalize those concepts, then the higher elites above them can't use that to blackmail them anymore. And you're starting to see that with even the pedophilia thing. Like there's all these like weird movies that are like really questionable. There's that whole, I, I hate using the term fucking maps or straight fucking pedos. Let's just call them like they are, but they're trying to normalize those concepts. And I don't think that the idea to normalize them is like, I don't want to say for society, but the idea is that if you normalize those things where people aren't thinking bad on them anymore, then essentially these, there's no blackmail involved for the higher ups that are doing this shit. Yeah. Because even if I've never heard of that, I, I, I'm into that. I've never heard of that concept of it. I mean, that's what would honestly make the most sense to me. Because I mean, for the average person, like those those ideas are never going to be okay. They're never going to be like morally right. But if they're legal on paper, and you've gotten at least a small, easily manipulated portion of society to agree with that concept. And we see, you know, with all the current stuff going on, how 1% can affect the other 99% very easily. And the 99% almost gets like pushed into, uh, you know, fall with my views. Otherwise you're a bigot piece of shit. 
you know, that's, that's all you got to do is just normalize a small pocket. That's so passionate about it that they make everybody else feel like they're a piece of shit if they don't agree with it. And even if you don't agree with it within your house, if it's legally, legally okay, again, you, you can't blackmail them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of circles back to exactly what we were talking about with California, right back to the beginning, you know, like who's kind of spearheading these ideas is, you know, it's, it's okay to steal. It's okay to kill. It's okay to rob someone or, you know, threaten someone or, or assault someone or whatever it may be, you know, Oh, it's not as bad as it could be. It's like, well, if you're saying that killing someone no longer gets you arrested or assaulting someone no longer gets you arrested, then what does, you know, at what point, is it too far? What, what, at what point are we becoming too lenient on certain things and accepting too many things? Well, we shouldn't go after those people because they're, they're part of a, a group that's been downtrodden. We're part, you know, they went through a lot during the seventies and the eighties and we can't say anything. And it's, well, okay. Well, the people that we're talking about are not part of those groups. You're just lumping them into those groups. So it's, I don't know, becomes very, conflicting i mean it might be one of those ideas too that maybe they're trying to build it up so that there is some type of like mass revolt like eventually everybody is going to keep quiet but people are eventually the wave is going to crash back and when the wave crashes back everything's going to get divided into tribes essentially with people that have you know common interests common beliefs and then once you have tribes of common beliefs uh going back in history like a lot of people like to forget about how easy is it to take a mass group and just ride over all these fucking tribes because you're dealing with people in smaller portions? Like you can either get them to join your group and become part of this giant wave that's going to come across, or we can just kill you off. Like we've seen this happen with like the native Americans. Like it's easier to destroy every, it's easier to destroy everything, make it into smaller groups and then destroy those smaller groups than it is to have everything teamed up and try to take out the lump sum all at once. You want to section things off. Like you see it in horror movies and stuff. Like you always got to lure somebody off and then you attack piece by piece to build up to the whole main, main sum of it. It's definitely easier to take over once you've got people separated. Cause then, I mean, you can even do the most heinous acts and other groups would never even know that that even happened. So you can just trample over other people doing the most malicious, shitty things possible. And if people aren't communicating besides within their tribes, nobody has any idea that it even happened in the first place. You could be killing off people on this side of the country and then the other side of the country has no idea it's even happening because nobody's communicating with each other. And it just makes it easier in that concept. You could have a giant fucking army that's moving across the country, but if nobody's communicating, nobody's forewarning anybody that that tribe's coming. And as, the, as it gets bigger... There's less people getting away, so then there's less of a chance of somebody being able to get ahead and go and warm anybody. It's a, it's a, it's a it's like the uh, like a snowball rolling down a hill effect. It's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger, and you're not going to be able to outrun it because it's going to have way too much speed and way too much force behind it. Snatching up everybody as it goes. Snatching them all up, literally. <laughs> yeah, and that 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 definitely plays into like the like like cloud uh, like crowd psychology, like the three response system. Um, you know, it's just like creating micro groups and then turning them against each other. And the micro groups eventually all lump into each other. And now we all have one cohesive group. And then this one cohesive group hates this other cohesive group. And it's, it's all built on 
hate something that's not you. I mean, that's more prevalent now, I feel, than like, you know, we, we had the whole like, it's a generational thing. Like our parents' generation, not even, even our parents' generation, I'd say like our grandparents' generation had the main divide between races. And then like our parents' generation was like the keep it quiet, but it was still kind of there. And then like our generation is this divide between like uh, all the different like gender ideas. So it's like, there's always going to be that dividing factor that's going to exist. And then when it one stops working, they're just going to move on to the next one because nobody gives a shit about race anymore. Realistically. I mean, there's some pockets of course that still do, but for the most part, like nobody gives a shit. That's why they had to move on to the new concept to divide people. And then once everybody gets to a point where they're just like, yeah, whatever, everybody's just whoever the fuck they are. Then like, what's going to be the next thing that they use to try to divide people up. And the next thing is going to be scary. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm ultra horrified of. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what more is there besides like, race gender and where you stand religiously the the only acceptable conflict uh that this country needs right now is rich versus poor oh yeah but they're going to try to stay away from that as much as possible because that's when they know that there's they're going to have issues they're just gonna pretend like that doesn't exist than there is rich yeah Yeah, the the 99 cent the 99 percent versus the one percent that'd be a really one-sided Fight. Hoist the guillotines, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Need to take take a page out of the uh, playbook of the French. Say so they're yeah, like the ones that but, took the king and hung him in the middle of fucking town. Like, when are we gonna get to that yeah. point? When are we gonna start taking our politicians and revolting like that? <laughs> like, fuck. I've I've always said, you know, the the night before uh, a major vote in Congress or the Senate or anything like that, just set up a guillotine, just, just right in the middle of Washington. Send a message. That's all you got to do. Make the right choice. Is that illegal <laughs> to build to build a guillotine in public? You think? I'm sure there's some sort of law against it. You could probably build a guillotine. Just don't put the blade on. It'll stick the point across. <laughs> just say it's an art installation. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Because <laughs> art's all about the eye of the beholder. So. That's it. Yeah, be like it, it, it's a guillotine that's just for the sake of showing uh, the divide between people. It's just like the dividing of the body and the head. It's the divide between people. It's how you take it, how you perceive it. <laughs> yep. Just cover it in rainbows and cancer ribbons and every single <laughs> cause that you can think of and say, this is about uniting people. There you go. Boom. <laughs> you got to use their uh, use their own plays against them. That's the, that's the way to go, that's honestly. It. That's it. <laughs> oh, you're saying you're against the community guillotine? <laughs> you bigot. You fucking bigot. <laughs> so you hate all these people? <laughs> Just go Karen on them real quick. <laughs> that's the play right there. That's the play. If anybody's listening out there, any guillotine makers. <laughs> See, and this is, uh, I know a lot of shows have been talking, or New Agenda has been talking about it, and you know, I'm, the news has been talking about it, talking about how all of us uh, middle-aged podcasters are, you know, t- terrorists or whatever the fuck they're trying to call us because we talk about shit like this. It's like, th- that's the problem is that they fear stuff like this because they know that by people having educated conversations and discussing things that that's how shit's going to get done. And that's what they want to divide people away from. And it's hilarious because they try to push the whole like COVID thing, but in turn it sparked up a bunch of podcasts and made it. So people are actually sitting down again and talking about philosophy 
which was something that used to happen in like ancient Greece, ancient Rome, all that shit. That's how those societies progressed. And we've strayed away from that to where everybody's just watching random ass videos and not really paying attention to anything going on. But thanks to them pushing us into a corner, they actually sparked a new idea and a new age of philosophy, essentially. And that's what they fear the most is people thinking and philosophy. The worst thing you could do to a civilization is give us a bunch of spare time. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? It's the worst. It's <laughs> the worst thing they could have done. And I think that's kind of why, it, like, if you look at maybe since midway to the end of the COVID era, let's say two, uh, 2022, you see this really big ramp up of just nonstop shit happening. Like nonstop, boom, 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 boom. Because if you're if you're kept in constant fear and you're kept constantly going left, right, left, right, up, down, uh, which way am I going? You know, then you don't have that downtime to organize. You don't have that downtime to, you know, have those conversations that we're talking about. Now it's just like survive, survive, survive. Make sure you don't go out into the street and say something to the wrong person, or you'll get shot, or you'll get run over, or you know, it's, they've built up this, this wall of fear so grand now that this is the way, I mean, honestly, if they really wanted to, to, to mess with us, this is the way that they should have done it from the beginning. Skip the COVID thing. You know, the COVID thing, all it did was spawn more conspiracy theorists than any, any other time before. <laughs> it made people so, think it totally backfired on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is great for our business. <laughs> Although, on the other side, though, they know who are going to be the lemmings now. It's very true. And also, true. in turn, by us doing stuff like this, in a weird way, we kind of put a target on our heads because now they know that we're the ones that are going to be the issue. So maybe that was the intention all along. We thought it backfired on them, but realistically, we just all put a target on our heads and we know they know which ones are going to comply now. So now they know who to deal with and who to leave alone they ain't got to worry about. <laughs> And we did it publicly. Yep. And we're still (laughs) ongoing and doing it publicly. (laughs) Even those who are like behind the curtains, they still know who they are based off of what they buy, what they look into, what videos they watch. What podcast they're listening to. (laughs) Yeah. They they know exactly who's who. They. Dude, scary thing too. Everybody's like, oh, podcasts. Nobody's listening to podcasts. Like nobody cares enough. Nobody blah, 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 blah. But it's like realistically, like... If you're if you were in the government and you were trying to or the elites whatever you're some kind of higher power and you were trying to keep an eye on what's going on behind the scenes I mean realistically there's no better place to do it for, than podcasting like I mean you're starting to see it now that they're starting to you know have all these pushbacks against like podcasters and stuff like that like you know people are paranoid thinking we're getting watched before and people still are like, oh, that's just bullshit. But like, realistically, in my mind, dude, like, if they're gonna watch anybody and they're scared of anybody starting a revolution, it'd be people doing shit like this. So like, I think that all of us are being watched, even if it's just getting run through like algorithm programs and they're looking for keywords, whatever. Like, there, they, there's no way that they wouldn't be watching podcasters that are trying to run shit smart. Yeah, no, it makes that makes complete sense. I think that was, you know, that was a major part of the push to get rid of TikTok also. You know, they touted it as like, oh, national security, national security. Chinese are getting all of our information. We need to stop that. Listen, China gets enough of our information and they buy it from Google and Facebook. 
So they're, they're, they're getting our information no matter what. And I think Facebook and Google are giving a lot better and more concise information than any TikTok video. But I think that was the, the major push of TikTok is that you had this massive platform of people giving real-time news on real-time issues. Like, I'm live in this square where there's thousands of people rioting and nobody saying anything. The news isn't covering it. The president hasn't said, it, hasn't said anything about it. And there were so many instances of that sort of thing happening that they were like, holy shit we can't spin this story if there's, you know, 3,500 people on TikTok saying the same thing and putting the same video up and showing the same things. We can't say, oh, well, it was actually this, it, you know, and, and who are we taking at face, at face value? The people that are just like us that are taking these videos live and in person or the newscaster who has the same exact script as, you know, 4,000 other newscasters across the world. And I mean, even coming from like the podcast angle too, it's like, you know, we're taking that information from that video and then we're throwing it all over the place on an RSS host and an RSS host is way harder to control than like TikTok, for example, they just got to shut down one program when it comes to podcasts, like they'd have to shut down multiple sites and just to throw in another weird conspiracy. And I don't know if anybody's ever thought of this yet, or I just might be throwing something at the wall here, but Spotify seems to be the number one that's trying to pick up all the podcasts and they're doing it to a point where from the listener's sake, you guys don't see it, but all of us podcasters see it, that they hold all of their analysis to themselves and they don't push it out to anywhere else. So if you're going through any other RSS host besides one of the ones owned by Spotify, all your numbers are fucked up. You're not seeing your real numbers because Spotify is holding all of it and they're, they're, they're a good like 50% of most people. Anybody choosing an Android that listens to podcasts, that's just, you know, like an average listener is usually using Spotify. So, I mean, maybe the push and the intention is you get everybody on Spotify and once you get everybody on Spotify, who knows what kind of ties they have into the government. And maybe that's like the idea to be able to kind of control the idea of like podcasts is once everybody gets the RSS host onto there, then you can start deleting episodes, taking stuff off, deleting whole shows, whatever. Yep. Make it, make it the one stop exclusive place. It'll be like the Facebook of podcasts, Spotify. And that's why I don't know about you guys, but I, I don't use any or uh, Spotify RSS host because that shit weirds me out and they're, they're pushing grasp for podcasts so hard is why I'm like, fuck you. I don't want to, I'll be on Spotify, but I'm not going to use one of your, one of your RSS hosts. <laughs> yeah. Just don't, don't use anchor <laughs> anchor. And then anchor. what's the other one they got now? Megaphone. Yeah. Did they, did, did they pick up Acast? Too? I think they did. Yeah. They, they, I think they own like three or four RSS hosts now. Yeah. And they're, they're now starting to pick up um, different editing programs also that are with popular, popular with podcasters. So I don't know if they're just trying to corner the market on it just because they are one of the biggest, you know, the, the biggest repository for podcasts at this point. Um, I don't know if they're just trying to, you know, corner that market, which would be smart. I mean, we, it, it, the, the forecasting of it is like, yeah, we're we're in a big upswing of podcasts, but realistically, like in another five to ten years, like podcasts are going to be, they're they're going to outweigh radio. They're going to outweigh a lot of TV, like as far as listenership. Um, so I, I don't know if they're trying to corner the market or if they're 
getting ready to just, you know, delete a bunch of people. <laughs> I mean, shit, even if they're cornering the market, though, and the government comes up to them and says, hey, we need you to work with us, like any tech corporation doesn't really have a choice at that point. So, I mean, even if they don't originally have malicious intentions, all it takes is once they become a monopoly, the U.S. government says, all right, you're going to work with us now. And, you know, they're not they're not going to say no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's very true. And that's, that's the scary part is anything that you see that's starting to become a monopoly, and this is going out to the listeners, don't feed into it. Try to go the other way. Try to help support all the other things that are happening and don't let that one company take over everything because everybody knows a monopoly is not good for anybody because at that point, even if Spotify becomes the monopoly for podcasts, then they can essentially charge out the ass for an RSS host, which in turn would knock out probably 50% of podcasts that don't want to pay for that. And that's kind of where that goes too, because obviously there's a big attack that's building up on podcast. So there's going to be some kind of an end game to it. And even if it's something as simple as just trying to make everything cost more so that more people can't do it, like there's going to be a push for it. Like I saw this in the cannabis industry in Michigan. I mean, we're, I've been around in it since the beginning of it that originally it started off with like, Oh, caregivers, we need you. You guys are great. And then it was like, all right, well, only certain caregivers are allowed to sell to dispensaries now. And then it went into, oh, all caregivers need to now be certified uh, licensed facilities. And if you're a caregiver, we can't deal with you anymore. I mean, it could be a step up to that because they want to try to control the idea of who's able to run a podcast. So it starts off with like, oh, everybody can do it. And then the next step is like, okay, well, you have to pay and you have to be this level to do it now. And then after that, it's all right, well, only these people are allowed to do it. Everybody else, you can't even have access to be able to do this anymore. And I feel like that's also kind of a buildup and intention for it too, because even if you're looking at it from like a money standpoint, you know, if you have a bunch of random off the wall podcasts that may not be super professionally done, you know, it's not looking good for business. But if you corner the market down to all the very professionally done podcasts, and then once they're the only ones that are allowed to do it, then essentially you can pretty much control the narrative and say, all right, you guys are going to put this out. You guys aren't going to say this. You're not going to say that. Otherwise, we're just going to yoink. You're not allowed to do a podcast anymore. Fuck off. Yeah, here's your script. It's going to be just like what what happened to the news. Literally. It used to be unregulated free speech delivering you what's going on in the world. And that's just not what it is anymore. And as of right now, that's what's happening with podcasts. Not that they're all news related or conspiracy related, but you can tune into people speaking unregulated about what you want to listen to. There's, uh, yeah, yeah, there's ads involved, but like, they're not trying to shove a certain uh, message down your throat or anything along those lines like you see on CNN or wh- whatever other uh, TV networks that you enjoy watching. As of right now, podcasts are mostly unregulated free speech. And once once you start bumping up how much it costs to do or cornering the market on certain platforms and making it more difficult for people to do shows like this, um, to an extent, you're legally taking people's free speech away or the ability to promote that free speech to other people listening. I mean, essentially, as far as I'm concerned, like the last front for freedom of speech is comedians and podcasters because there's, I mean, you can't go out in public freedom of speech. I mean, that I feel like that goes a little bit beyond just like what you can legally say. Because at a certain point, it's kind of like getting thrown to the wolves where it's like, it may not be illegal to say this, but if you say this, then all of these people are going to come after you. So it's like they can almost like regulate it without actually even having to create a law about it in the first place. 
I guess uh, starting to starting to close out towards the end here. Um, obviously, this conversation was fantastic, and I love talking to you guys. I completely forgot how much fun I had last time we did a show, and this completely refreshed it. So that also being said, we should set something up sooner rather than later because you guys seem like a good group that you never know what you're going to get into, but it's always a fascinating conversation. So we'll have to set something up very soon, hopefully. Yeah, 100%. But uh, the the three of us next time. Oh yeah, yeah. You have all four of us, and maybe you can even at some point do a roundtable and involve my uh, my two co's from Bizarre Encounters. And uh, we seem like it's all a pretty good group as far as uh, nobody really stepping over each other too too much. There's not a super evasive person in the room. So yeah, might be a lot of fun to have an all out group conversation because this is the type of stuff that I feel like the listeners really enjoy is these in depth, deep conversations that are just I don't know they go they go off the wall because it's like a free flow conversation. You don't know what you're getting into. And those are always the most fun because I never thought we'd end up talking about half the stuff we ended up talking about today. (laughs) Anytime we try to, I I mean, I don't know about you, but anytime we try to lay out a conversation, like we're going to have a guest on and we're going to ask them this and talk to them about that. And we're going to get into this. It never goes that way anyway. Mm -mm. And the the, the free flow, it's fun shit, man. That's honestly the best. Like, I started originally trying to somewhat do a script to the show and I quickly learned that my it's just way better and way more fun if you don't script it. Even if you have a researcher on that talks about a specific topic, like if you leave everything scripted, you never know what you might get into. Like they just drop like a little side clue about something. And it's like if you're staying on script, you never get into that. But if they're laying a breadcrumb, you might as well fucking chase it. But if you don't give yourself the opportunity to chase it, then you never know where it's gonna go. <laughs> Very true. But uh yeah, I- Frank kind of laid that out when we, you know, we do our declassified discussions is like our interview uh, type of show. You know, when we first started doing them, we we had questions and pages of questions. Yeah, we're going to ask this. We're going to ask this. And it just got to the point where it was like, all right, we're just going to roll and no questions. Whatever pops up, pops up. And it's I feel like it's gotten better. Feels better, at least. Dude, talk about counterbalancing something. There's all the awkwardness with people that people don't know how to interact with each other after COVID and all that kind of stuff. But we use their technology against them in the aspect that even just in podcasts in general, when you start doing a podcast and this goes out to all the people that are awkward talkers that, you know, may not want to start a podcast because they think they might be awkward, whatever, you know, doing a podcast, leaving it unscripted, it really teaches you how to be a conversationalist. And even just like in your everyday life, man, it's like, you know, I had a lot, a lot of ideas. I didn't quite know how to express them properly. But after starting a podcast, like I've gotten a lot better at like forming my ideas in a understandable way. So it's like, you'd be surprised at what you can do with, uh, with a podcast as far as like your personal mentality of being able to get into a free flow conversation and really go off the rails with it and not be awkward about it. it it's, it's all a learning curve. And, uh, you know, you listen to any podcast, first podcast, first couple they're all awkward as shit. It's, it's a matter of, it's a, it's a learning thing. Like all of us aren't just like this, like overnight, dude, like all of us are a couple of years in at this point. Like it takes some time, but once you get rolling, man, it's like, you can go, I can walk up to anybody and have a full on conversation with them now. Probably couldn't have done that before I started my show though. <laughs> dude, I'm still awkward as shit. I envy you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it on the show though. That's what works out. And I mean, even coming from that too, it's like in person, you know, if you're a more quiet person, you may not always get the chance to talk, but when you're on a screen and doing like a bounce back and forth, like it gives you the opportunity to be able to talk. So even if you are awkward, it's like you have your opportunity instead of having to have that awkward 
cut yourself into the conversation aspect to it too. Very true. But I, I enjoyed both you guys coming on today. And again, I can't wait to do this again in the future. Even if it's just, I have one of you guys on one at a time, have all of you together. We got to do a lot more in the future, man. Cause this, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. hundred percent. But uh, I always like to close out the show before we get into all your links and everything with uh, some words of wisdom. So I don't know if both of you guys want to do it. Just one of you guys. If you guys have any words of wisdom you guys could bestow on the listeners, what would it be? Uh, be awkward and uh, hold your politicians accountable for everything. <laughs> I dig that. Be yourself Even and fuck the elites. <laughs> Installation in Washington. <laughs> Guillotine. <laughs> Guillotine. <laughs> That's going to happen now. We, we made that happen. You know what's going to happen is now all of our podcasts are going to get labeled as domestic terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> Where it has a badge of honor. Oh, no. Terrible. <laughs> then uh, what about you, Frank? You got any words of wisdom? These are words that I live by. These are words of wisdom. You can't win them all. Sometimes you swing and you miss. That's it. Can't win them all. But you got to use those misses as a learning experience because a fail is a learning experience and a win is a win, man. There you go. <laughs> you already know. Yep. Frank is a little league coach, by the way. Perfect. I, I had a feeling. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> all right, guys. Let's go to IHOP. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Pizza party at IHOP. <laughs> But uh, for anybody that enjoyed this conversation, and I know they did, if they're still sticking around, they definitely enjoyed it. And if they haven't heard part one, also recommend going back and checking that out if you guys are a relatively new listener. But for anybody that enjoyed the show, they want to come and find your guys' awesome work that you guys do. Where can they come and find you guys and all your awesome work at? Uh, realistically, the simplest and most straightforward way, hushhushsociety.com. We're the only ones that exist. So if you can search up Hush Hush Society, you'll find us. All our social medias and episodes and where you can find us and drop us a link, a rating, an email, whatever it may be, are all on our website. So hushhushsociety.com. Easy. Quick and easy. And I'll put that down in the show notes for everybody that wants to come and find it quick and easy. But you guys are listening to this on a podcatcher. All you got to do is go give them a quick follow, put them on your list. And when an episode pops up of interest, go and check it out. And that goes for any podcast that the only way we're going to continue to do any of this stuff is with all your listener support. So, you know, do anything you guys can to interact, share episodes, uh, talk about episodes, give everybody five-star reviews, just support your podcasters, support your uh, comedians, because we're, we're honestly the last front, like we said, of freedom of speech. And if that matters to all you guys, then you got to support us so that we can continue doing this shit. And uh, with that also, again, I appreciate you guys coming on today. Really looking forward to it next time. And uh, yeah, it's been a great show, man. Thank you. Yeah, it was was fun, man. If you guys enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a review or a rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify. And of course, if you guys leave a five-star review on iTunes, I will read it on the show, give you guys a big shout out. Always, like I say, give appreciation where appreciations do. And if you guys want to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, be it you're an artist and you want to contribute some designs to the show, or you know you have some type of uh, fringe, cryptid, whatever related merchandise uh, that you'd like to coordinate something, maybe you can advertise on the show, or even if you're another podcast and you guys want to swap intros and help promote each other, I'd be more than happy to do some stuff like that. So shoot me a message, let me know. 
Um, literally anything that you guys think you can contribute to the show, I'd love to hear. Even if it's uh, encounter stories, um, ideas for different things that you guys want to see on the show. Uh, specifically encounter stories, I'd like to coordinate that more into the show. Uh, be it if it's you know snippets of episodes or uh, the book that I'm working on that we mentioned in Bizarre Encounters. Uh, that's going to be a bunch of encounter related things with my research and what I feel that the encounter may have been with and different details with that. Um, got a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipeline. So make sure you guys are uh, paying attention to anything new that's going to be happening as far as open minds, media slash increase of our reality slash bizarre encounters goes. So, uh, and if you guys want to get a hold of me, you guys can always email me at increase of our reality podcast, or you can go to the link tree filtered submission form and that will go directly to my email and uh, make sure you guys check your spam and junk folders. Make sure nothing gets missed because a lot of my responses do go there or quick and easy. You guys can always shoot me a message on Instagram. And if you're trying to share an encounter, you guys could always send me a recording over Instagram or you can type it out. Whatever's easier for you. I can coordinate. I can make it work. So I'd love to hear those encounters. So don't forget to send them over to me. And uh, everything that I mentioned is all available under the link tree, which is L-A-N-K-T-R period E slash increase our reality podcast. Or you guys can make it easy for yourselves. Go down to the show description, click the link, follow the trail to whatever you might be looking for. And with that, hope you guys enjoyed the show and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.